Rapid expansion? We're ready. Worker shortage? We're good. Anything can change the world of work. A celebrity buys the company. Depends on who it is. But relax, we've got ADP. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. Coming up on the Money Beat podcast, Apple reported earnings Tuesday afternoon, $9 billion in profit. How could that possibly be a bad number? We'll break it down for you, and we'll take a wider look at earnings season. Who has been the big surprise? This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Money Beat Podcast. Paul and Steve here in the studio and joined today by a couple of our our dear friends and colleagues, Kevin Kingsbury, sitting here over on my right. And on the phone, Dan Gallagher calling in from the West Coast, from San Francisco. That's dedication. That, that is, is dedication, dedication to his job. Dan, how are you? That's what I'm all about. I'm great. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for calling in. Uh, the reason we wanted to have you good gentlemen and Kevin... I, Am I wrong, Kevin Kingsbury, or is this the first time you've been on this podcast? You are wrong. You are wrong. When were you on it? He's been on at least Couple, twice. Yes. Well, did I miss those? You I, were here at least for one of those. Yes. Was I? Yeah. <gasps> Getting so old, my memory. You really are. Memories. Well, we do so many of these as well. You know, it's hard for me to keep up. I, I can't remember what I – I can't even remember the Marmite I had for breakfast a couple of days ago. <laughs> Uh, the reason we wanted to have you folks on today is because it is earnings season, and we have gotten a lot of this. A crazy week for earnings. And last night, the biggest. Uh, uh, right, exactly. And last night, the biggest name, Apple, reported earnings, and we won't keep you in suspense. Uh, they did turn a profit. Just a slight profit. Just a slight profit. Just, uh, oh, about $9 billion. But the stock is it was down the 2% stock pre-market. down this morning. Uh, it is amazing with Apple. It is amazing. This company, the, the context around this company is so unique that a $9 billion profit in three months can actually be considered not, not good, Dan. How, how, do you, how do you characterize a $9 billion profit? Well, uh, you could look at it one of two ways. You can look at it and say, wow, that's $9 billion. Um, in profit and, you know, really good margins like they always do. You can also notice that, that profits were down in the mid-teens percentage-wise. Um, and for the fiscal year, this was the first fiscal year since 2001 when Apple was just coming out of a situation that was close to bankruptcy. This is the first fiscal year that they actually saw a revenue decline right. that they reported yesterday. So it's you have this interesting riddle. You have an immensely profitable company that's the world's biggest um, that is not growing. So it's 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 something investors are, I think, still trying to get their arms around. I mean, it's sort of part of the, the – I mean, it was the most profitable company in the world last year. I mean, for its you know fiscal year. Right, right. But on the, on the other hand, it's a sort of cycle where it also has really tough comps. I mean – it, it reported record quarterly profits in some of the quarters last year, um, and that makes it very difficult. Right, right. And when your product cycle doesn't generate the same it's amount just, of excitement. It's, it, it's amazing. You know, it's funny. You mentioned the 15 years ago, Dan. I, I looked it up this morning. They released the iPod, and I think I got this date right, on, on October 31st, 2001. So this this is the first time they've been down for a year since that launch, which was what really transformed the company. 
Yeah, I mean, it took them away from being uh, like essentially a niche computer company, which is what they were before that. All of a sudden, you got the sense that Apple had this potential to be a, a more broad consumer, you know, consumer electronics uh, name. And yeah, the iPod definitely put them on the path, and then they just kept building on that. The big question, I think, you know, for investors right now, and, and you sort of alluded to it, you know, earlier, Dan, is is the sort of looking forward and the sort of guidance. And this has been a, you know, we'll get, you know, into this more when we talk about earnings broadly. But what was Apple's guidance um, in terms of, you know, the coming quarters and how are investors reacting to that? Well, I think, you know, I, I think that in a different situation, the guidance might have been seen as kind of either neutral um, or slightly positive. But since the, the stock has come up like 10% since they put up since they showed off the iPhone 7. And I think because, in one, it looked like a, a decent phone that might do better than people thought, and two, you had this, you have Samsung really melting down, um, pardon the pun. So you have, um, so I think, I think they're, I think there got to be like thoughts that, oh wow, this is great because Apple will gain more share and the iPhone 7 will do better. Because their forecast was, you know, essentially just barely above what Wall Street was projecting and the quarter has an extra week, it just didn't look that impressive. And when you put that against kind of the context of what's been going on with the stock and, um, and Samsung and everything, I think it was read as a, as a bit of a disappointment. It is pretty comical that here we are talking about a company that's going to post somewhere north of $75 billion of revenue this quarter. And we're like, eh, right. guidance okay, eh, yeah. $75 billion. Eh. The other thing is their, their, cash, their cash and investments on hand, that number went up only, I'm using air quotes, uh, by $7 billion in that quarter. They have $237 billion that they're just sitting on. I mean, they're, they're giving out dividends. And it occurred to me that... <clears throat> All that M and A activity we were talking about last week—that hundred billion dollar M and A activity, eighty-five billion AT—Apple could have done all that in cash and still had a mountain of cash left right. over. That's how much cash this company has. Well, you have to—you have to. One thing to keep in mind, though, with Apple is the net cash is actually more like one hundred thirty-two billion because the debt load grows every quarter. Mm-hmm. They're sent, they're financing their dividend and their buyback yeah. with debt because most of the. More than ninety percent of their cash is trapped offshore. Right. So every every quarter, and yeah, one hundred thirty-two billion is not. <laughs> yeah, even that's a lot at all. They right. can, they can do plenty with that, but it's you know they're they're kind of they're borrowing a lot against it now because you know essentially in the name of cash return. Yeah. When do you think? I mean, Apple. I mean, the big question, like for the, I mean, it's three quarters now that they've reported. You know, declining revenue. You know, when do you see how is Apple going to break out of this sort of trend? I mean, is it just you know the comps are going to get you know better as the you know next year or the, you know into this year? I think well, the comps are definitely easier for in the quarters ahead because you're comparing against the iPhone 6s, which was a disappointing seller, right. and the 6s had it tough because the 6 was such a great seller. So I th- I think the get the comps get easier. The bigger question I think for that, and this is the riddle with Apple now because the iPhone is so dominant, um, it's kind of hard to invest against other ideas with them on a substantial basis. But we're going to have a year until the next iPhone. There's rumors it's going to be something substantial because it's the 10 year anniversary. But that's actually a long time for the stock to kind of tread water based on okay, what's the next iPhone going to be, and does that does that just get 
you know, company back to mild growth or something more substantial? I think those are questions investors have that there aren't really there's not really clear answers for, and I don't think there will be for a while. Well, and I, I think the other question is, and this has been a question for a while now, is I mean, this is a company that you know, again, we're we're looking at this 15 year chunk of time since they released that iPod. That, that regularly came out with a new product that was, quote-unquote, magical and revolutionary. And now we're looking at, well, what's the next version of the iPhone going to look like? What are the new features going to be? What are, you know, I mean, is there, is there anything that this company has cooking up, no pun intended given the CEO's name, uh, that, that is really sort of a game-changing product? Uh, we don't know. I mean, they don't. Uh, that's their style. They don't really talk about that. I mean, their R and D costs are rising as a percentage of revenue every year, and so they're they're definitely working on stuff. Um, they seem to, you know, like I said, they never talk about publicly reports or showing that they might be backing backtracking from this car idea, which right. was a long shot anyway. Um, but I think the reason they had to think about something like that is because it is such a huge company that it's hard for it's hard to come up with products. Even if they're really pretty amazing, um, it's 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 really hard to match the iPhone because the the phone is something that every person carries, and so I'm not sure there's another product out there that has the potential you know addressable market that a phone does. So um, in a way, the iPhone kind of set up essentially a permanent challenging comp for Apple because I I think they have the potential to do other new products and categories that are pretty that are good i mean they're they have a lot of talent there but you know i i think somehow i think some investors think oh what's going to be the next iphone and i really i just don't see something that is that transformative yeah um that's there i mean i could be wrong but it's i mean the watch was a sort of good example of that where it's done fairly well but it's just not it's the market's is not this, you know, the size of the market for it is just nowhere near. Everybody the, wears a watch. You know, moving the needle. Don't you? Do you have a watch on? Kevin? I have a watch on. Yes, watch but on? I have a watch on. Dan, are you wearing I'm, a watch? I'm wearing a watch, but you know what? I think I think I see a lot of people under the age of thirty that don't at all mm-hmm. because everybody uses their phone now. And you can say that that's, that's a different podcast. Yeah, you can say that <laughs> folks need to replace their phone every few years. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure my watch is probably 15 years old, and I can't imagine anytime soon I'm going to need a new one either. It still tells time, right? It does. But, That's all it does. Uh, but, Paul, I mean, the market yes, for yes, watches is far more smaller than the market is. Yeah. For, uh, uh, I, I, I do get your point. Be a little, little facetious. Um, the, uh, but the, the question I have for you is I just want to get into two other areas real quickly. How is China for, you know, Apple? You saw a decline in sales there, um, and that had been an explosive growth area for them in recent years. Uh, you know, right now it looks like a bit of a problem. I mean, for the year, revenue was down like 30%. Um, no, I'm sorry, that was for the quarter. Um, and the the, I don't, the comments I thought in the call were a little unclear. They admitted they they said they had some problems there, and and Tim Cook thinks that uh, once the iPhone 7 catches on, that'll be a lot better. I I honestly don't know because the Chinese market is very competitive, and there's and the interesting thing about the Chinese market is that new competitors seem to come in quickly and gain a lot of share. Um, I mean, this year, it's been the year of Huawei and, and some yeah. of these other brands. You know, Xiaomi was hot for a while. It, it seems to be less so now. So it's, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I, 
Um, I mean, they could certainly get back, you know, have a have a better quarter or two or something. But I don't know if I don't know how much Apple even Apple seems to be shifting the conversation to say, hey, look at the potential in India. And that's um, a, that was my next question was just India, because he you know, he did mention that obviously on the call. Tim Cook. Yeah, I think I think they're in the. I think they need to. I mean, they're trying to point to where they have as potential, potentially good areas of growth. So they point to things like India. They point to services, you know, the the software and and iTunes and App Store and everything. Um, it could, because they're trying to they're trying to shift the conversation. I think to you know the areas that are going well, and I don't blame them for that. But it's um, I, I think you know when you have like some of the big. You know, Apple has been such a story about the iPhone and about China that both those seem to be having some challenges of late. It's it's a little hard to get enthusiastic about it. You know, I thought. And we, <clears throat> excuse me, I know we have to go to a, a break here, but I just want to mention that because you mentioned that I thought it was very interesting the press release that they put out. the The first thing they mentioned was the services, and I thought that is that's telling. That is telling that the first yeah. thing they mentioned is services, not the iPhone, not some other new great thing. You know, services. I just and I just think you're seeing, you know, that this is this is the shift now with Apple, right? They're yes, they're very profitable, but they're kind of a lot like every other company now. Yeah, and they have to, you know, and it's it's look, you can't, you know, even a company like Apple, you can't bring. It's not like they can radically reinvent a phone or a tablet or a computer every quarter or even right. every year. So you know, their job is they put out really. When they do it, they need to put out stuff that's really good that people buy, and then in those in those phases between, you know, they they need to also make money, you know, feeding those feeding those products, and right. and they're and they're doing that. That's there's nothing wrong with that. I, again, we're back to the comparison problem. iPhone hardware business is so enormous; it's hard for these other stories to kind of to break out in any significant way. All right, let's take a break. When we come back. Uh, there were other companies besides Apple, a lot of other companies reporting earnings. When we come back, we will take a broader look at earnings season. Rapid expansion. We're ready. Worker shortage. We're good. Anything can change the world of work. A celebrity buys the company. Depends on who it is. But relax, we've got ADP. From HR to payroll, ADP designs forward-thinking solutions to take on the next anything. Hey, this is Stephen Perlberg from the WSJ Media Mix podcast. Are you interested in the biggest changes in the media and advertising business from Facebook to Snapchat? Tune into the WSJ Media Mix podcast for interviews with some of the biggest names in media, from Gawker CEO Nick Denton to Turner President David Levy. For more, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Please stop. I just love that song so much. It's so catchy. Uh, welcome back to the Money Beat Podcast. Paul and Stephen here in the studio with our friend Kevin Kingsbury. And as a reminder, folks, for more great podcasts, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. A uh, lot Lot to offer you there besides the Money Beat. There's Your Money Matters, WSJ Opinion, Tech News Briefing, Heard on the Street, Speakeasy, The Free for All, What's News, 
everything you could want out there. All your podcasting needs can be covered. We are on Twitter. We are at WSJ Podcasts. And if you want to subscribe, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and your Google Play Music app. Here in the studio, we've let Dan Gallagher go because it was 630 in the morning in San Francisco. I'm surprised the guy's even out of bed, dedicated journalist. But well, I mean, he, he wasn't just going to go back to bed. I mean, he had worked. No, I think he was in the he was in the studio. He was, I mean, it was the in the office. He was in the office. I mean, this guy is he's a machine. Yeah, he's a machine. Uh, let's talk a little bit broader about earnings season. Interesting earnings season, I think. I mean, a couple of big surprises. The banks, especially. I mean, and that that's something you were writing about this morning, Kevin. Uh, bank earnings much better than expected. Yeah, coming into through Tuesday morning. 30 financials in the S&P 500 are reported, and all 30 beat. You right. would think that at some point you'd have a stinker somewhere in the bunch. Right. But they hadn't. Um, not until after the bell yesterday where we had Ameriprise and Capital One both miss. Mm-hmm. So, the, and, and this is, uh, to be clear, this is all of them beating analyst estimates. Right. And this is rare for, like, the, right. the, for 30, to go 30 for 30. Right. And overall for the sector, now this goes back to when financials included real estate, which of course got split off Mm -hmm. in the index last month. The best ever beat rate going back to 2002 was only 79%. So going 1,000 halfway through the sector shows just how far uh, things had become uh, better, either because the bars had been set so low for these companies or that there was actually some improvement in the core operations. Right. Now, and I and I think this is just this is probably very much a situation of lowered expectations because the banks in general reported declining profits. I mean, and continued to struggle to be, you know, to be profitable. I mean, you can look on their return on equity. Well, continue mm-hmm. to struggle to 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 have to, to profit money. growth. Yeah. I mean, they're making money. Right, but yeah. there's, I mean, their profits declining. Right, and you know, um, and and the, and they're still, I mean, they're struggling there, and I mean, if you can just look at the return on equity. None of right. them are, you know, are ten. You know, um, that's that's, or I think one might be, you know, ten. But main, the major banks are, mm-hmm. you know, well below that. This, I mean, this this wasn't exactly like this was a a solid quarter where people are saying like maybe you know they they're sort of. The bottom is sort of in in many ways for the major U.S. banks, but no one's like was cheering like, oh, we see growth opportunities ahead. No, coming into the quarter, S&P financials were seen logging 1% growth. Yeah. We're now at 8%, but that's largely because of the big trading gains that were seen by the major investment banks. Mm-hmm. It right. wasn't really in the core lending. That's not where the growth is being seen. It was in trading, which we've seen for years now ebbs and flows and goes bonkers and crashes quarter to quarter. You can never quite tell when things are going to be good or bad more than a month or so out. And a lot of that, too, was, you know, I mean, there was an event. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, that was one of the big question marks coming out of the sort of big bank reporting period was whether, you know, they had actually hit a bottom in trading or if this was just a one-off event kind of, you know, people were trading Brexit. You mm-hmm. know, you had a lot of volatility um, within the, you know, some of the, you know, sort of the FIC trading, uh, you know, groups like, you know, currencies and stuff like that. You can definitely see that in the October uh, stock trading levels, which have yeah. so far this month been well above what Octobers generally see. So 
Is this just a pre-election freeze where folks are kind of just waiting to see how things are going to shake out in two weeks? Or is this going to continue after, afterwards? And that's going to really be the key going into year end as to how the, the volumes are down. Up. Right. Uh, yeah. And, which is also interesting because that's also coming during uh, you know, uh, uh, earnings season right. when you expect a lot more mm-hmm. trading sort of volume. I mean this is the heart of earnings season. Um, so you have the bank's uh, profit growth better than expected. I mean, it was expected to be terrible and mm-hmm. it was decent. Uh, Apple's profit growth was expected to be down, and it was down. Where does this leave us overall in terms of earnings? Where do we stand right now? Well, I think I mean, I, you know Kevin can talk to this uh, uh, probably a bit more, but I think this really speaks to the trend we're seeing. Is uh, like yesterday was a perfect example of this. A lot of a number of the companies beat expectations. However, their guidance was poor. Yeah, and that. You know, um, led to, led to you know sell off in their stocks, and this is you know well, think, and a sell off in the market. Yeah, and a sell off mm-hmm. in the market. But like you know, I mean, like we had what four you know companies off ten yeah, percent, you know, mm-hmm. right? You know, right. and it was all because of you know sell off in the guidance. Apple's guidance also you know left people um, wanting um, mm-hmm. that stock was you know right. down this morning. Um, so that I mean, that's really the sort of trend is you know. The 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 expectations were lowered so much. BlackRock came out with a note yesterday saying, you know, the the cut to third quarter earnings were steeper um, than in the second quarter and first quarter, and so that sort of speaks to this lowered expectation. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, all, the other thing too is guidance matters more than actually what companies right. report because it's the forward looking. And, aspect and, of and it. it was interesting what you had the companies yesterday. I mean, one was Under Armour. Which is you know athletic wear retail, right? Uh, Caterpillar, 3M, Procter and I mean you had a bunch of companies in different sectors. Whirlpool even, yeah. Whirlpool, right? Appliances, like a, a lot of companies that make a lot of different things, all kind of saying for different reasons the same thing, which is that we don't have a lot of clarity into what our business is going to look like next year. We're being very cautious mm-hmm. about what we're going to predict and put out there. And it was it was it was interesting because Monday was like, you know, a great a great kind of bull day, right? Mm-hmm. Big M and A deals, a lot of hype around it. Even if AT and T and Time Warner didn't do well, that deal kind of juiced the stock market. Tuesday was the exact opposite. Guidance is bad. We don't know what things are going to look like. We're we're pulling in, and it was a complete reversal of sentiment. And it just shows just how much of a joke these 2017 forecasts in particular have been because they're for some time now they've been oh well next year is really when the double digit earnings growth is going to come back right and they were saying this at this point last year about 2016 oh 2016 we're going to have these that's when earnings are finally going to rebound well we're in this earnings recession now and we're lucky we're going to have S&P 500 flat earnings yeah for the year well and and, it, well, and that's it, actually the interesting thing too is and it speaks to it is we're probably going to at the end of this quarter technically be out of this earnings recession, except for the guidance from all these companies right. is not making feel, anyone feel right. really excited about earnings. And then you throw on the fact that the dollar is doing nothing but strengthening right now. And that's just going to weigh on earnings for, you know, at least, um, you know, the fourth quarter, if not like, you know, well beyond if it keeps rallying. Right. I mean, it's just analysts historically, of course, uh, put out estimates that are far above where numbers end up being six, nine, 12 months out. Then they slowly, incrementally come down as the quarter in question comes, and they almost always cut too far by the time those numbers actually arrive. 
We're going to see that again this year where I think for 2017, we're going to be lucky to see 5% earnings growth. Uh, Goldman on Monday cut their forecast down from well above double digits to single digit for both 2017 and 2018. So the street is starting to finally profit growth. Right. So the street is starting to finally catch up on this. That yeah, we had these hopes just like there's always talk about, oh well the second half's always gonna be better than the first half because we've had these string for years now of weak start of year earning or economic growth. Well and I think I mean you look at the 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 broader kind of, you know, economic landscape and what's going to happen here. I mean, all, look, all the polls are kind of pointing towards Hillary Clinton winning the election in, in 13 days, and the street seems pretty comfortable with mm-hmm. that. And it's not just – I mean, they're also feeling a lot – pretty comfortable with, you know, the Democrats not taking both houses. Well, that's so the th- next there's, bit. There's, hope, the street is really starting to get comfortable with this idea we're going to have gridlock and nothing happening in Washington. Right. But that's not necessarily a good thing because the question then becomes how much – you know how much fiscal stimulus are you going to get out of Washington? How much is Washington going to contribute to getting the economy growing again? Because the Fed has already said, effectively, we're kind of at the end of it. You know, we'll keep rates where they are, but the Fed's throwing in the towel on this idea of of three uh, percent GDP growth for next year. You know, they have already they have repeatedly said it has to come out of Washington. We need fiscal policy. We need something to stimulate it. Both candidates are talking about it on the trail, but how much, because of what happens in Congress, how much are they going to be able to get things done? How much demand are they going to be able to stoke? And companies are, are seeing that and they're responding to it. That's why you're getting these these weak guidances. And, and the other, outlooks. I mean, the other thing too is also like you know, I mean, they're big issues that you know companies care about, like um, tax, you know, of, of tax reform. Right. I mean, yeah. um, and stuff like that, that, you know, you're right. Gridlock, gridlock, the markets typically like gridlock because they understand, you know, nothing changes and the market likes the right. idea. But, you know, from a corporate standpoint, that might not be such a great thing. The, the real thing I think people should be paying attention to in the next couple of quarters, this quarter is also, and we haven't touched on this, is, but is revenue growth. Um, revenue growth, Turned negative, or um, I think the quarter before earn it, the earnings recession right. started, mm-hmm. and is positive now. That's a positive sign, but it's yeah. barely positive. Uh, but uh, rev- we always talk about this revenue. You can like there's less you can play with it less. So it's a it, it oftentimes is a better metric of valuations and how they're doing. But the other the really interesting thing is if we can get revenue growth, and it doesn't look like we're going to get it, but it speaks to this issue where we were seeing for so much during this recovery revenue really not growing at much mm-hmm. at all, but earnings doing fairly decent. Um, and that was a bad sign. You right. know, um, you really want to see that top line growing. And that's something I think, you know. Yeah, I mean, we, whether we get out of this earnings recession or not, it's it, it'll be more important to watch where that top line is growing, how much it's growing. Right, and some forecasts from some disparate companies the past few days haven't been terribly optimistic on that yeah. front. So you got to wonder whether we're in like a one or two quarter uptick here before going back to year over year declines on sales. Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, let's leave it there. We've taken up enough of your good time, everyone out there. We appreciate you listening, as always, and look for us real soon. We will be back shortly. Talk to you then. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. The Claude 3 model family by Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. 
Haiku is lightning fast and cost effective. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Learn more at anthropic.com slash Claude.